Good evening, Patriots. And it's Tuesday, May 9th in the year 2023. Yes. And the number of people at the border continues to grow. But don't worry, because what's in the headlines now is very important. We are going to worry about Tucker Carlson breaking his contract with Fox News. But don't worry about that invasion. I'm sure everything will be just fine. And poor Tucker is only making $20 million a year on Fox News. And he wants to be set free. But, you know, what can I say? That's just, just an invasion of 750,000 to a million people. Don't worry about it. Not a big deal. You don't have to worry about the violence. You don't have to worry about the replacement strategy because that's not happening. You don't have to worry about children being trafficked or women being raped. That's just happening at the border. That's just one of those border things. Let Texas deal with it. That's literally where we are, I'll tell you. Patriots, one thing for sure right now, make sure that you're doing all you can to protect your wealth. We have a changing times. And those changing times are looking at the collapse of the dollar, the conversion to a digital currency. And depending on who comes out on top on this thing, I'm not really sure. We might end up being in a place where we have to spend all our money every 30 days. That's the enslavement model anyway. So make sure and get your wealth packed away, your IRA and 401ks into precious metals. Patriots, President Trump recently issued a warning from his Mar-a-Lago home. Quote, our currency is crashing and will soon no longer be the world standard, which will be our greatest defeat, frankly, in 200 years. End quote. There are three reasons the central banks are dumping the U.S. dollar. Inflation, deficit spending, and our insurmountable national debt. The fact is there is one asset that has withstood famine, wars, and economic upheaval dating back to biblical times. Gold. And you can own it in a tax-sheltered retirement account with the help of Birch Gold. That's right, Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k, maybe from a previous employer, into an IRA in gold. And the best part, you don't have to pay a penny out of pocket. Just text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 for your free info kit. They'll hold your hand through the whole process. The folks at Birch Gold are amazing. Think about this. When currencies fail, gold is a safe haven. How much more time does the dollar have? Protect your savings with gold like I did. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of happy customers. Text BARDS to 989898 to get your free info kit on gold. Again, text BARDS to 989898. This is one of those decisions you will never regret. Do it today. Oh, yeah. That's a good decision, too. Making sure that you preserve as much wealth and precious metals. Tangible things. That would include seeds and it would include food, which are real important issues, commodities. Really don't know where this is going and really been giving a lot of thought to it today. We are in a very critical time and I have to be honest, I am disappointed might be the right term, uh, shocked a little bit on another level of the lack of coverage of any kind of substance with what is actually happening in the border. The border represents a massive change in our future. And it's, if it continues like we expect, the laydown of this is pretty dark. Texas is mobilizing as a state to defend its borders. California does not defend its borders. And Arizona has taken away all the barriers to its borders to welcome people in. So likely what you're going to see is a conflict that will strike up in the, the Texas side, which will draw the media to talk about all the horrors and the tragedies that are caused by the Texas armed, armed evil people trying to protect their land, which we shouldn't be protecting our land according to the media. We should be giving it away to these loafers and freeloaders that are coming across the, coming across the border, right? That's what we should be doing because that's apparently the right socialist thing to do. That's what we do when we say, oh, great one, and we bow to him and we lift up a Z-Kyle to the fascists in D.C. Keep in mind that our politicians are more than happy to make a dime and a buck off of everything, including all the money that they're going to be getting for ensuring that these illegal aliens get 
medical care and Social Security and Medicaid and so forth. This does leave, leave us with a bit of a challenge. What do we do with them? Let me throw out something here that is, um, I mean, this is a position I hold currently. I'm not saying I'm right, and I'm not saying it won't change, but kind of at the level of crisis that we're in, we have a human crisis happening everywhere. And we have a human crisis happening in this nation because there's a bunch of treasonous pedophile freaks that launched a bioweapon against the United States. That would be the Department of Defense who helped fund it. That would be HHS who helped promote it. It would be CDC who lied and made sure that it sounded worse than needed and it was safer than it was and that the the COVID con was worse than it was. That would be the lying and treasonous media, media that influenced people to believe that it was a necessary thing to do and that if they didn't, they were all going to drop dead in the middle of the street. That would be your doctors, your hospitals, That would be your teaching professionals and even many of your police officers and the many other people that willfully went along with this con to perpetuate it and never understood the principles of defiance. So we're here. This is basically where we are. And with that, we're having a potential for a pretty radical die-off, which has been happening, but it's been happening in stages, which is by design, because they don't want so many people dying at once that it becomes obvious. And that's a true statement. I mean, this is literally, you you want to have a stage die-off. Nobody cares about the elderly. Nobody does. If I, other than immediate close friends, if I say something about, oh, somebody's parents died, you're like, oh, that's too bad. If we talk about children, people get a little more emotional. They're like, oh, that's really sad. But we don't do anything. And if children are out here getting their nuts cut off or getting mutilated by having their breasts amputated, Everybody's like, oh, that's horrible. Nothing happens. We haven't developed a rage or an outrage in this nation to really understand the nature of what's happening because Satan has total control of the majority of the minds. And whether that's a reprobate mind that God has given them over to or whether it is Satan that has seized control, the end end play is it's both the same. People are blinded and they're willfully walking along and they're not conducting themselves in the manner in which God intended And instead, we are feeding the hand of the beast. They are worshiping the creature rather than the creator. So these are pretty dark times. I'm not going to paint an easy picture here because they are dark times. We have at the border, we have this mockery of human crisis, which is what the media wants to portray. But let's get kind of into the, the specifics of what's actually happening. The State Department, which is actually a front organization for the CIA, along with other elements within our government, including DHS and members of the UN. And the UN is also getting money from the United States. They're providing the directions, the means, and the mechanisms, and the understanding of how to get across the border. We are finding that roads were built up the Darien Gap to allow buses to get up there easier. We funded that. The American taxpayer did. Yes, we did. So if you really want to look at what's happened here, and I want to lay down this bigger picture so we kind of get it, they knew they were going to kill off a bunch of Americans. That was the plan. And they need to replace them because there has to be some sort of replacement bodies until the AI and the robotics come into play and the new metaverse is ready because it's not quite ready yet. And so they need people that are going to be willful slaves that don't really understand much about a U.S. Constitution. They don't understand anything about a republic. They don't even understand anything about voting. They just understand that there's tyrants and they have to survive. And this up here is a better deal because they've been offered the opportunity to get a bunch of free stuff. And if they come up, they're going to get welfare. They're going to get phone cards. They're going to get free medical care. They've been told this and they told, they've told how to get through the border. Now, Let's be very clear. What's coming up here are people that are enslaved in a human sex trafficking system. And we have war fighters that have been shipped around all from over the world. I don't really understand why Americans can't understand that when you have Arabs standing at the border, that people think that somehow they're coming from El Salvador. Just a simple observation about language and, and accent and behaviors, even rolling out prayer rugs at the border, which was happening today, you would think that people would put it together. But we are living in an era 
of the culture of me, couch potato type activism, and a general level of retardation that is manifested in a flesh body known as a everyday American. Our country is in crisis. It's a big crisis. And it's a sad crisis where we are because unfortunately, as we are right now, people are not understanding the magnitude. The few that do are trying very hard to, to do what they can. But unfortunately, again, we're, we're running up against a machine and we're running up against a culture that to a large degree has just not embraced the magnitude of what we're dealing with here. So people go to sleep and they just don't get it. And to a large degree, I, I'm, I'm not going to completely fault people because the mainstream media is so consumed with falseness. But nonetheless, we have arrived where we are. The outlets, though, that you would expect to be covering this don't. We have big news today because Tucker announces a new show on Twitter. That's so exciting. And according to Megyn Kelly, he's waging war against Fox News because he's trapped in his $20 million contract at Fox and they're not letting him do his own show. That's a, that's a human tragedy right there. That's, that's probably one of the big pieces of news for the day. So if you're emotionally moved by that, um, don't even really know what to say because Tucker's still going to play golf. He's still going to have dinner with his wife. And we're still going to have child sex tra trafficking on the border. And this is the bottom line. All of this stuff that they're ignoring, the media is ignoring that the that our government is funding with our taxpayer dollars. These aren't people that have been persecuted in their nation. There's probably one or two in that group that are that way. These are people that are being trafficked by a well-organized set of cartels who have their enforcers known as Sicario and have their traffickers known as mules. So let's be clear about what's happening here. Our government is complicit in human sex trafficking, in particular child sex trafficking, and the cartels that are being with their front men known as the Sicario, they are the true Satanists. They are the sacrificers. And they're being deployed into the United States and they're being deployed in that group. So let's continue the play out of how this looks like it's going to go. We have to pay attention to a lot of the policies that have been put in place that people are ignoring. One of the things that's very important is to look up the West Coast. The West Coast represents ports. I went over this yesterday. Ports and data lines, very critical. Silicon Valley, data lines that go over across the ocean because that's the new gold, and ports. And so we're seeing this influx of, of migrants coming up, and they will come up. Texas will be where the fight will be. The delusion will be, this deception will be to push them, to keep the media over there as they push up in Arizona and then flood the West Coast. What comes with that? Well, this is going to take on a very different form because this is about big money. This is about buying up inner cities that are now broken and the property values have been driven down. That's coming in with Chinese money and other investors like Warren Buffett buying up things, working together to secure American property, to rebuild the inner cities, and to open it up for a new type of future, this sort of 15-minute city that will be partly populated by the new compliant class, the new slave class, which will be the immigrants. And they'll do the dirty jobs in the beginning as, as they slowly push out the white people, they elevate up the black people, continue to manipulate the black people so the black people sucker in for that idea that somehow they're egos and they're better than everybody else and they will be eliminated. Trust me, the entire goal of this is to erase the black race and the black race is walking hand and foot right into that good job, people. I'm glad you like your free cell phone. I'm glad you like your violence. I'm glad you like your ego. I'm glad you like your spinner wheels. Because all that bullshit that you've been buying into, that Obama told you you were so special, it's a lie to set you up to be erased. And that's literally where we are. We're being played against one another as the replacements are coming up on the border. And the West Coast is being primed to be run by a network of criminality. From the southern to the northern border, from the from Mexico to Canada, the cartels have been put in place. How? Because they legalized marijuana. All this dumb stuff that every about half the conservatives went for, which drove me nuts, 
It was never about hemp, which was legal in 50 states, to do something good, to grow CBD oil and to do other great products. Instead, they were baited into the idea of marijuana because I can't tell you how many times I can hear, I can't live without it because I have pain. No, you can't live without the high and the addict addiction, which you get from it. And that's literally what happened. And so with like a magic, we had a, a replacement happen right before our eyes as one group was pushing to do medical issues, emphasizing hemp. Soros money came in and they sweeped that away and they said, no, 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 let's do mar marijuana. And so much of the money that has funded those operations on the West Coast has come from Silicon Valley. And now the cartels have taken their plant. And now the cartel's free labor and slave labor is being imported in that 700,000 that's going to infiltrate all the West Coast. Why is that important? Because the Chinese have brokered a deal with the cartels. That means more fentanyl. That means more death. That means more destruction of our youth. That means replacing our youth with the new slave class, which are indentured servants as they come in. And why the West Coast? Because once you once you take hold of the West Coast, you will now they will now broker deals, whether by violence or by by money. They will buy, broker deals with the unions. They will broker deals with the tech companies, and they will turn the West Coast into their stronghold, which is now it will look like the United States, but it will be run by China, worse than it currently is. And China's doing the same thing in the Midwest. If you're looking where else, follow the policies of the children, legalization of marijuana, and gun laws. Follow those. If you follow those, you're going to find out where those migrants are going to end up, and you're going to find out where the Chinese are. And that's the truth. So Ohio's another one. Michigan's another one. Cleveland's the first 15-minute city officially. Michigan's trying to pass some new laws about, I mean, all these. Minnesota's another one. Everywhere that they're trying to go after the kids, because what happens in this is when they go after the children What with this new rules where the state can take your child, if the child wants a transgender surgery and you say no, what they're going to do is give the child over to the child sex trafficking network. That's what ends up happening because they no longer have to tell you where your child is and you will lose your child forever. In the meantime, Governor Newsom, including and here in Oregon, they have passed laws to be able to access your property and take whatever they need and seize property in this case of another emergency. And as you will learn Thursday night, when Todd Callender comes on the show, you will know, note that they have already passed the new procedures for the next pandemic, which is going to be, guess it, here it comes, Mauburg. And where is Mauburg? It's embedded in many of those people that took the vax because Mauburg was put in as a nano cell that can be activated with a 5G frequency. It's pretty heavy stuff. Pretty heavy stuff. And it's very much on the framing of Habakkuk. Habakkuk was surprised to learn that God was going to allow the Babylonians to invade the Chaldeans, to invade and to enslave them. And Habakkuk was shocked. And he didn't understand. But what God was showing him is there was a bigger plan because part of the suffering was to bring people back to him. I don't know what our future is. And in no way am I attempting to say that our future is that of Habakkuk. But what I will say is that we have a nation that has continued to turn its back on Christ. That means that the work of the remnant becomes ever more burdensome. So there's really two stories in play here, as I see. One is Habakkuk, and the other is Gideon. And both are relevant, and it's both, I think it's up to us to decide which direction we go. And I say us, I say that in terms of a remnant. Because I do believe that, as we're told, where two or three are gathered, and we have many more than that, when we are putting our prayers in unison, God is going to hear our prayers. It doesn't mean it will be easy. So while Habakkuk is talking to God and he's learning about this invasion and he's shocked, literally shocked, he's, he's shocked to learn that 
God has this all planned. And in in learning this, he challenges God. And he asks him, why would you do such a thing? And in the end, Habakkuk comes to the understanding that it's only through God. I heard and my inner parts trembled. At the sound, my lips quivered. Decay enters my bones and in my place I tremble because I must wait quietly for the day of distress. For the people to arise who will attack us. Even if the fig tree does not blossom and there is no fruit on the vines, if the yield of the olive fails and the fields produce no food, even if the flock disappears from the fold and there are no cattle in the stalls, yet I will triumph in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength and he has made me my feet like deer's feet and he, and he has me walk on, high, on my high places." There are many people out here right now that don't know anything about God. We have people that are Christians that don't know God personally. They don't have an intimate relationship with him. They don't have an intimate relationship with Christ. It becomes a ritual of simply going to church, dead stone walls, listening to somebody read scripture, telling them what sins they've done, and then they sit in the pew, they go away, they contemplate that for a week, they come back and wash, rinse, and recycle and do it all over again. We are needing the time right now of the patriots, of those who are literally seeking the red letter of Christ, the profound words of the promises we know that we and authorities that we have in this world to be able to raise up and rise up outside the stone walls to lead these people to the true relationship in Jesus. And that's our mission. I think you will be great. I, I really hope that you can make it to Bard's Fest. And I'm saying this because... Pastor Dave Bryant is going to be on Friday night's show. He is another one of these great pastors, pastors who is infused and in on fire for the pursuit of the living Christ. And we need more of him. We need more of those voices. Because right now our country is in a dire strait. But the good news is that no matter what happens, as long as we are pursuing that, that attack against the enemy— using the authorities and anchoring ourselves in the authorities with Jesus, we're doing kingdom work. And that's the part we have to hold on to. So as I said, the story right now that I see that we are living is at a juncture. We are, one, Habakkuk, which he waits in parts as, his, as he heard inner parts of him tremble, his lips are quivering, knowing that the invasion is imminent. That's now in this metaphor parallel. But then there's Gideon. This goes to Judges 6. When the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak that was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash in Abizarite, as his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress in order to save it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, valiant warrior. Then Gideon said to him, O oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all of this happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, Did the Lord not bring, you, bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to Midian. And the Lord looked at him and said, Go in this strength of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Have I not sent you? There it is, patriots. It's a choice. And right now we're in that juncture, a beautiful juncture, in fact, that we have a place to choose and a place to decide if we are going to be living in the misery and waller of our fears with our lips trembling, waiting for the collapse of the world. Or if we're going to be bold and listening to Father as he leads us into this battle. The one thing that's consistent about Scripture over and over is that God arrives in the 11th hour. And I think there's a very good reason for that. And that is that we get into crisis because we walk away from him. It's our own choice. We've been given free will from the beginning. 
And we end up in crisis every time we walk away from him. When we live in the word, when we live in the red letter language, we seek a world of the living Christ, that the miracles which he said we can have, we believe in them, we make them happen. We don't accept the dead stone walls, but we bring the Bible and scripture into the life of us. When we're living that way, life is profound. There's no fear. And even when we face challenges, we are able to overcome because we know, we believe. It's our faith. It's what it says. And all of that is ultimately about loving thy neighbor in one form or another. And that's the center point of what we're supposed to be doing. But when we steer away from that and we end up in these wallering moments like now where we start to look around and it seems doom and gloom and we have this massing army on the border and Habakkuk's dreams are starting to manifest as real. This is a time now for us to choose. To choose how we will have our faith, how we will walk in this world. And we are here. There's a lot of anxiety right now. And we're seeing that it's being handled in different ways. The people that are on the border, we're going to pray for one tonight, somebody I know who's down there and has literally asked for prayers because it is bad. I've been getting reports from him all day long. I've been getting firsthand reports. One of them is posted and pinned in Telegram. You can see it. It is, they're Arabs right there. They're here. And they're arrogant. They've been told when to arrive. They've been told when, how to get through the gate. And again, that's our government, our corporations, our taxpayer money that has been funding this invasion so that we will be replaced by our own means, by our own hand. But let's not ask Americans to stop paying taxes because they're all going to quiver and say, but, but the IRS will come after me. That's okay. I get it. It's probably easier to have your child indoctrinated into the school, have their balls cut off, or have your daughter's breasts cut off, which you didn't know, and have them go on to some sort of surgery or transition drugs than it is ultimately to stand up to the IRS and say, I'm not going to fund this crap anymore for my government. The big rally point right now for patriots is the fact that they're rallying behind boycotting Bud Light. Okay. I've said many times that beer is better suited to fill the toilet bowl than it is actually, or the toilet tank, so that you can use it in the toilet bowl than it is to drink. But it's a big deal. Okay, I'll give it the little win. People need a win sometimes. We'll take that one. But where's the boycott of the school bond issues? Because that should be happening. And how long will this boycott last of Bud Light? Will it grow? Will we crush the company of Anheuser-Busch? Bud Light accounts for 1% of the sales. And I can't see any benefit of drinking that the volumes of beer they say they're drinking and hanging out of the bar because at the end of the day, all that is is a distraction from reality to begin with. People like to say it's a social hour. Okay, I got it. But let's get real about what's really happening. And in the consumption of spirits, which is so named because it is an opportunity for spirits to enter the body, quite literally. All we're doing is trying to escape the world in which we are currently living in. This is a world which we were given to steward. And we all have an opportunity now to step up and do the right thing. But it centers on defiance. And that is how we have to move forward. They have gone this far because we've been compliant. In every aspect of our lives, compliant. And we just have to say no. And I know there's going to be a lot of discussion. You're going to hear people say things like, well, you need to go state national. You need to do this. You need to do this. Here's the fundamental thing of the law of the land. It is the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. If it is outside of that, you have to defy it. If it's outside those boundaries, you have to defy it completely. And the thing is, when, it, when you start having one, people say, well, what about me? What if I'm all alone? It's going to take one or two to be the martyrs for the rest, but it's going to take that to spark the fire for others to be able to rise. We're at that hour, and it's an important hour for us to reflect on. What do you believe in so much that you're willing to sacrifice everything to defend? A question that we put forward to everybody in 2016 when we were out campaigning for President Trump. That was our motto. The question we put to everybody. 
And it was an important one to reflect on then as it is an important question to reflect on now. Because even though we had four years of a hiatus in between this insanity, President Trump was able to slow down their plan perhaps a bit and derail it some to another. And I don't know what else he's done. And I'm not out here to speak for him, defend him, or do any more on that. I've done plenty of it. The fact of the matter is that we're on the front line. Every one of us is now on the wall in one capacity or the other. We are the watchers. And I have no intention of having blood on my hand or my head because that's the point of speaking truth into the world and letting people hear it. And if they will hear it and accept Christ, great. If they won't and they refuse to hear it, but we've spoken truth and the blood is on their hands. We are in a critical time. And as much as we want to feel good and we want to go back to getting normal, war doesn't allow for that. War allows for moments within the battle to take a moment of breath, reprieve, have some laughter there in and there out. If you're the Canadians, you build a donut shop, a Tim Hortons over in Kandahar, so that when you come back to Kandahar after the battle, you can go get your your Timbits and a double-double. If you're the Americans, you just hang out at the subway. But either way, The fight goes on, and that's only for those that roll back to the main base because those that are on the tip of the spear, they don't go back. They fly in, they process out to their field, they stay there for the entire duration of their tour, and then they go back. The chow is good sometimes, the chow sucks at other times. But one thing that never changes is that the enemy doesn't stop. And day in and day out, you do those same patrols. You go out and you you traipse the fields, you traipse the hills, you march around. You hope you don't get blown up by some errant landmine that somebody forgot to pick up or left behind from a private prior war. You hope that your vehicle doesn't get blown up by an IED or a triple stack tank mine that the Italians provided for the goodness of their heart that were plastic and can't be detected by mine detectors so that you can roll over them with your Humvee and have it blown to hell. You just hope that all that doesn't happen. And the only way you get by is your faith. Right now, that war is not that real yet. But unless there's some sort of great change in tide, it's going to get fairly real. It's going to come in different forms. And we can either be victim or we can be victors. That's a choice. What I witnessed in Afghanistan were people that were victims, many of them. The Taliban rolled in in their gangster thug way threatened the villagers, raped, pillaged, stole, sometimes executed. People were disempowered. They didn't fight back. There was always more of them than anything, and they never figured out the equation that if all the village stood up to them, the Taliban didn't have anybody to execute the problem anymore, so if they killed them all, then they all died, then there would be nobody to dig the IED hole. But people cling on so much to the preciousness of the physical life, they forget that we are not here in the physical form first, We are spiritual first, and in particular for Christians. I can understand it for Muslims, but I can't get it for Christians because in this point in time, our Savior, Jesus, died for our sins. He completed the oath and for that or the contract in blood, and he freed us. And so the question is, are you willing to die for him? So this time that we're coming into, the real question is, what are we willing to sacrifice? What do you believe in so much you're willing to sacrifice everything to defend? And it is a critical question because we can be a victim. We have gone through so many villages in Afghanistan, always the same thing, victimized by the Taliban. They're roaming thugs, night letters dropped at their door, threatening to kill them, threatening to behead them. The villagers afraid, not being able to stand up, quivering many times, bringing us the night letters with shaking hands. So we mobilized. We created something called Village Stability Operations, which I was a part of. And we helped, particularly the special forces teams, work directly with them to stand up local militias, local police forces, so that they could then fight back. They taught them how to shoot. They taught, taught them how to do tactics. They armed them. We're already halfway there. Actually, we're most of the way there because we already have our weapons. 
and you should have trained at the range or at least continuing to train at the range and have at least a measure of competency with the arm that you have. And so the media is going to paint up this horrific view. You're going to hear about the cartels that are doing great violence because they want you to be afraid. The only commodity that they have on a daily basis is to keep your mind constantly in fear. Because by keeping your mind constantly in fear, you're constantly anchored into the physical body. And you forget that your first mission here is spiritual. And our bridge with God diminishes. But God tells us 365 times to fear not. And as we face an enemy now that has been organized, funded, and motivated by our government, by our corporations, by our people, traitors to this nation, they want you to feel that you cannot win. I have news for you. We have everything we know, need to be decisively engaged and to completely, totally destroy this enemy ruthlessly without any remorse, and you will sleep well at night. We have God. We have the power of those that he calls to be on the wall. We have the power of those that he calls to prayer. He has the power of those that he calls to heal, and he has the power of those that he's called to do all those things in one package. But we are called to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to raise the dead, and to spread the word. Those are fundamental things about our walk in Jesus that never change. And when we operate that way, we are operating in the body of Christ in a warrior mode. We engage decisively. And for those that are called as the Gideons or the Peters or the Davids or the Joshuas, God will lead that hand, and it will be a victorious end in that story, and it will be a decisive destruction of the enemy. But each one of us now is in the war. It's real. It's coming home. And the biggest difference between some of the stories, like in Habakkuk, is Habakkuk is sitting there alone as he watches his people go about doing ridiculous things, basically like watching the left do their ridiculous things and expecting no consequences. But the remnant is awake. And the remnant is grounded. And the remnant is praying. And the remnant is tied to God and listening. And so be fearless. And no matter what media spins, because they will, trust me, this is only beginning. The false flag is going to increase in a magnitude you have never imagined. They are going to tell you how bad you are and how bad Texas is for trying to defend their land. They are not going to show you any of the entry through Arizona. They are not going to talk about the violence of the cartels up and down the West Coast. And, oh, let's not forget the Satanists that are here in mass along the West Coast. Thanks to LeVay and his church. That was down in Grass Valley, which is about a mile, and an hour and a half from Yuba City. That's where he began. But let me just close with this little story, because this is what Yuba City represents. This is what Dave Bryant, Pastor Dave Bryant represents. And this story is online, and I will get the link before by Friday so you can hear his actual testimony of this. But let me paraphrase it for you. LaVey is a Satanist. He led a, he leads, he's dead now. He led a mass movement of Satanists and they're all over the world. They believe in ritual sacrifice. They believe in sacrificing children. They believe in blood sacrifice. And with them are all the various cults that come about that. Cults of witches, cults of weir, cults of all these strange cults that come up. And it all spreads in that, and it's all kind of hub down in Northern California up to Southern Oregon into into Portland, and it's very real, and it's very alive, and it's very vicious. Pastor Bryant was, and you'll hear this story in the interview, Pastor Bryant was called to bring in a young lady that walked into his church. God told him, we need to bring this young lady into your home and keep her. She was homeless. Little did they know at the time that it was LaVey's daughter. And even more, they did, had no idea that she had gone through years and years of ritual satanic abuse in preparation to being the bride of Satan. This is no joke. This is documented. And so they had her live in her his house for 10 months. And God led them through a process of learning the true power of what it was to be a minister of deliverance. It was truly baptismal by fire. 
And in the final conflict, it was a it's a long engaged story, but LeVay had an ability to astral project himself into this young lady. And that happens through the abuse processes. People, these Satanists are able to astral project into their victims. I've witnessed this firsthand. It's amazing. Unsettling, but amazing. We dealt with this in an, another in an issue down at Glad Tidings Church when one of the times I was down there doing deliverance with the team. But I digress. In this moment in time, the prayer team was was at Dave's house. They were praying over her as LaVey was trying to literally kill her through an astral projection process. And little did the team know that LaVey was some distance away at a hotel surrounded by his own people as he was in some sort of trance and they were all doing their ritual nonsense. And God gave the command to the prayer team to cut the silver cord, to pray on it. What's the silver cord? In the world of astral projection, the silver cord is the only thing that tethers the soul to the body. And the team was shaken. Honestly, they were, they were surprised that God gave the word. And they did. They prayed on it. And God cut the silver cord. And moments later, LeVay died. What's my point in all this? This was an enemy that had unbelievable levels of command in their God. This team learned the mightiness of our God, that when our God, a merciful God, decides to go to war, he will step into war and he will decisively destroy his enemy. He will leave it to the point of trying to get them to come back to him. He will give them an opportunity for forgiveness because we have a loving God, but don't ever forget that we have a God who's mighty in war and he will crush his enemies that try to come after his children. This is a very important time to start embracing the true nature of our God. This is a true time to start embracing the fact that we are not supposed to be worshiping a God that thinks that we, he raises up pew marshmallows or skinny jean, peace-at-any-cost pastors from a pulpit, or worse yet, a smelly Jesus It looks like a meek soul with a limp wrist. That is not the Christ that I know, and I know that I've met Christ in my encounters, and it is a mighty warrior Christ that is so deeply humbling and so overpowering that I will tell you that that is the Christ that I follow because he's my Lord, and he's mighty. He's compassionate beyond imagination, and yet he is fierce like nothing I've ever encountered. So as we head into this time and it's unstable and we have doubts because there's many doubts because the media is pushing doubts. They're trying to create this fear by not covering the events. What's going on in the southern border? Everybody goes calm, silent because nobody knows what to do. What do we do? It's just another little event at the border. Maybe it'll blow over. More than ever now, it's time to pray. But I don't mean just pray like, okay, God, please help these men. Pray with ferocity. We need to be praying for storms on that border to flood everybody that tries to cross. And where God is blessed it, and he wants to give mercy for the victims, then let those pass and we will deal with them. But those that are instigating this terror, those that are trafficking human beings, those that are instigating the terror from our side, the terrorists, the traitors that are funding this, every one of them, needs to be put at the foot of the throne and needs to be crushed and reminded of the treason in which they did to harm the people of this nation simply for their own power and benefit because that is not kingdom and that is the type of fight that we wage and we wage it ferociously because we are the children of the Most High and God will hear us. Whatever form that takes, I don't know meaning I don't know how it manifests in the world because we're not seeing the future yet. But I do know that as we communicate to Father what needs to happen and we step into the place which he needs us to step into to be the warrior priests, to be the mighty men and women of God, to be the children of the Most High, I would say it probably goes something like this. 
I've been waiting for you. Now what do you need? And so, Father, what we need is victory over this enemy. And we need protection of the children. So I had started this with a comment earlier that my vision of what to do at the border might not agree with everybody. But I do believe that this is given to me as a vision by God more than it is by me just speaking it because of how it came out today in my interview with my conversation today with Todd Callender. And you'll hear it on Thursday night, but let me give it to you now. We need to separate those that are victim from those that are being trafficked. Those that are trafficking these, these souls, the coyotes, the sicarios, the cartel enforcers, and the foreign fighters, it's a simple category that they fall into. In a military term, it would be called a J-Pelt list. In actuality, the real terms means kill or capture, but do it ruthlessly and separate them from the, the, those that they are victimizing. For the rest of them, we need to bring them in because they're already here. We can't just send them out and be truly the values that we say that we are. We can't send them back to be raped and pillaged, but we need to bring them in into holding places. This is my opinion. You don't agree with it. I understand and I respect your position, but hear me out. We need to bring them in. We need to take these people and they need to be indoctrinated into what it is to be an American. They need to be taught English. They need to be taught to read. They need to be fed. They need to be taken care of medically. They need to find a sponsor to bring them into this country. I don't care how they vote. I just care the fact that they understand that being here means you have to work hard to earn your way, that there's no free lunch. And in the process, we have to sort out those others that have infiltrated their masses that are trying to hide to be the insurgents, sort them out, and then we deal the same, kill or capture them as we continue to weed down the true victims and we give safe haven to those and hope to those that have actually come here, not knowing necessarily what hope is, only knowing that they had no other way to go but was here. And we need to show that hand, which is a Christian hand, of the blessings and grace of what it is to truly be in a Christian nation, but understand the rules. And then once all of that is accomplished, then they can be let into this country with a sponsor, with a job. And we do that as we deal with the many other problems that we have socially here, which are immense, all brought, brought to you directly from the deep state and the pillaging horrors that run our, our capital and our corporations. These are the sorts of visions we need to be sharing with God. You don't have to agree completely with what I said, and if you don't, I don't have any issue. But whatever vision you give to Father, make sure that we understand that we are trying to restore this nation to one who is truly based on a Christian value. There's no free lunch, but there is compassion. There's hard work, and we have to get back to the principles of what we are, and there has to be ferocity against evil because we don't negotiate with evil. We do not allow it. And especially with the evil that's coming across that border, true Satanist, true evil, we need to deal with them with the ruthlessness of Jericho, the decisiveness of Sodom and Gomorrah. So, we have a lot ahead. And in my opinion, those that will align themselves with the principle of being a remnant are becoming some of the most important people in the history of humankind. Not because we're seeking to be heroes or get badges or be like Jim Carrey wearing a chest full of medals, which I don't know where he got except maybe at the Five and Dime or the Cracker Jack box. We won't get any recognition because that's our job. We won't get an extra pat on the back. In fact, no one will even know your name other than the most important person, and that will be God. Because our duty before us is to do what we were called to do. To stand in the time of diversity and tragedy. To stand in a time when there's so much chaos in the world that the only true voice is us. And in the midst of all this upheaval, the beacons of light stand amongst the people to literally show them the way. And it's not that we are walking as ourselves, we are walking as part of the body of Christ to inspire to bring people truly to that place of understanding that there is a greater understanding in this world based through our Savior Christ and to our Father. And if we're walking with that intent in our heart 
and however else Father leads, we are spreading the word, spreading the news of the gospel. We're being as disciples should be. And we're being of the legends of Scripture as we were intended to be. And that mightiness is understanding the deeper depths of being the warrior in Christ and living out what truly is the commission that God gave to us. Let's pray. Father, we truly are blessed this evening to be here. We are blessed and humbled before you as we come to you in our free will. And in a trying time as we are in, and there is much, we also understand that our commission is greater than this triviality of this land and this earth. We are praying tonight for that true strength and clarity in our heart to be walking in the path and direction in which you command us, to be loyal and obedient to the words which you give us, to hear more clearly that which you speak to us in the many forms that you communicate. Father, in this time, we are truly seeking in the authorities which are given to us, defined to us in simple terms, to spread the word, to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to raise the dead, and to do greater works than he, however that forms and ever that manifests. But we know this, Father, that you have given us your armor to stand in this time boldly against an enemy, fearlessly against an enemy, and humbly before the throne. Let that be the calling that each one of us has each day. And however else that you are lead us to do, that we follow and do as directed. But that we use our inspiration, our free will, that amazing spirit that you've given us to go farther beyond and climb deeper and higher. To be that symbol for so many that are needing to find that way home. And to be the force that evil understands that it cannot force to bow or even to shake. Father, we pray tonight as well for those on the border. And we pray in particular for one which, whose name will go unspoken, but you know who this is, who has asked for prayers tonight for America, for the country. He has witnessed the destruction of Europe. And he is now there serving this nation to try to defend from the invasion coming. So we honor those prayers. And we honor all that he represents and the many other men and women that are there for the same purpose. Father, we also pray for rain. A powerful storm to rage across the southern border, to fill the Rio Grande with lightning and floods to stay back this invasion, to remind those that are coming of the mightiness of your hand, to bring rain from a, time, from a sky that seems to be dry, to overwhelm this moment as we approach Thursday to such a magnitude that everybody is stunned, shaken, and those that are being trafficked or those that are just trying to push across, humbled to such a degree that they are literally on their knees Praying, praying to you for mercy. Father, we also pray for mercy for this nation, a nation that has wandered too far from you and now seeks to try to find its way back. Unfortunately, too few are finding you. But Father, as a remnant, we pray for mercy. And we pray for the mightiness of this remnant to understand that we are here standing, that we will never bow. Our commission is given and we will continue forward. And so with that, Father, we just ask for the mightiness of the sword of the Spirit to lead us as we step into this time and truly become the force of awakening for so many, the light that leads many back to kingdom and shakes the darkened hearts, and a force that understands that the authorities given to us are great and mighty, that they must be held and used with great responsibility and humility in the heart, but to do so 
with the intent of always serving you, Father, protecting the little ones, giving voice and protection to those that have no other way, and serving our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. What an amazing time to live. I know I say that so regularly, and you'll hear me say it another thousand times before my day, my final days. But this is truly the greatest time in which to live. I understand, and please hear these words, I understand that many have various feelings of anxiety. Patriots, there's days that to me this world gets so big, I literally turn to Father and I just say, Father, forgive me, but I need to step away from him a little bit because I can't bear some of this weight. And he always listens, and he always understands because he knows I'm not quitting, but I need a breath. It's okay. But once you take that pause and you get that moment of refresh, tighten up your boots, put on your pack, get your sword fixed on your belt, and get ready to go to war. Everybody has the ebb and flow of the weight of things. But the warrior's heart never quits until the enemy is decisively and completely destroyed. And victory can be proclaimed. And only then does the warrior take a real break. And even then, that's not that long. Because there's always someone else trying to breach the wall. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just wanna breathe again Dive into the deepest end Oh, I wanna feel something Let me get back in my body